Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A Canadian clothing company decides that their new niche market is going to be the suicidal? Oh, and Chinese people are now absolutely protesting and going mad over COVID lockdowns while Anthony Fauci is over here defending China. Oh, and Wisconsin hires a brand new head coach and shocks the college football world. We're going to start there. I'm Andrew Coppins. This is Critical Thinking. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for critical thinking. All right, everybody, Andrew Coppins alongside you. You know the drill by now. You can follow me at The Coppin Show. Pat is not with us today. He kind of lost his voice this weekend, and uh, it's kind of hard to do a show when you don't have a voice. So Pat is out uh, today. We'll see if he gets his voice back, and uh, hopefully um, things calm down for him in terms of his vocal cords, and we can get together again on Tuesday. I hope each and every one of you had a great Thanksgiving. I know I got a chance to just spend some quality time with some family and some friends and and uh, watch some football. And unfortunately, watch my Packers get, well, they didn't get their butt kicked. Um, that was that was a pleasant surprise, as was the brief but interesting play of, of Jordan Love. And um, and then my Badgers, for the second week in a row, crapped the bed, losing a trophy game, and then shocking the college football world. We're going to start there. Um, so. When I talk about shocking the college football world, I got to back up to one of the most insane things I have ever seen. Wisconsin hustles, hustles, hustles all the way down the field late in the game. Chase Wolf has to come in, backup quarterback, senior for the Badgers. He's played sparingly over his career because Graham Mertz uh, tweaked his ankle to the point where he just could not go um, right in the middle of the final drive of the game. 
Chase Wolf comes in, completes a couple of passes, gets a pass interference call in the end zone. Uh, Wisconsin has the ball at the at the five yard line because the play happened when we were at the twenty yard line. Five yards, four plays, about a minute to go. All they need to do is get the touchdown and the PAT. The game goes into overtime at that point. <clears throat> the same undisciplined Wisconsin Badger football program decided to rear its ugly head once again in that final series as the Badgers <clears throat> committed not one, not two, not three, but four consecutive penalties, three of them false starts, pushing them all the way back from the five-yard line to the 10, to the 20 because of a holding penalty, to the 25, and to the 30-yard line. Now, Chase Wolf gets them a little bit closer, not much closer, and is forced to heave them into the end zone, hoping and praying and wishing for a touchdown that never came. So we've managed to lose back-to-back -back games against Iowa and Minnesota, finish the season 6-6, six and six, and many people going into the last two weeks of the season believed Wisconsin was going to hand the job to defensive coordinator Jim Leonard. And in the most shocking move and arguably the best hire so far and likely of all of the 2022 coaching carousel in college football, Jim Leonard is not the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. News breaks about maybe 10, 11 o'clock yesterday and I got a chance to talk to some of the birdies that I know and some of the people I'm still connected with and from my time uh, covering the Wisconsin Badgers for a decade. Um, I got a chance to, to, to really kind of suss this out, and sure as heck. Luke Fickle, the 2021 National Coach of the Year, leading the Cincinnati Bearcats to an undefeated season that year and the college football playoff, the first group of five team to ever make the college football playoff has nine players drafted into the NFL, goes 9-3 this season, 56-18 uh, 50 overall in six years at Cincinnati, multiple double-digit win seasons, is the new head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. Now, there will be much, 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 much more to discuss about where the program is going, but I, I just want to take a moment and talk about this because if you're a college football fan, what do you likely know about Wisconsin? It's ground and pound. It's got a style. It's got a system in place. Barry Alvarez, that's the coaching tree. Barry Alvarez to Brett Bielema to Paul Christ and a, the blip of Gary Anderson from the outside, right? But what you likely know is that Wisconsin does things a very certain, excuse me, a very certain way. And that way has led them to this disastrous season. Yes, 6-6 six and six is an utter disaster, considering the fact that the Big Ten West was really there for the taking if any team could have played its best football. 
Purdue wins the Big Ten West, by the way, because, uh, well, uh, Illinois couldn't beat Michigan last weekend, and it couldn't get out of its own way the weekend before that. Wisconsin couldn't beat Iowa and Minnesota, and had they done that, they would have had their opportunity at the Big Ten West Division title. But congratulations to Purdue. Very first uh, Big Ten championship game appearance for them. But going back to this, I want you to understand that that was all there for the taking and that they finished six and six and it's terrible. It's horrible. It's no good. It's very bad. It's how it happened. But we're used to a certain way of things being done, right? You look at Greg Gard. You look at all the things that that took place there. And, and you have to wonder, what what do you do? You have to wonder, do you, you know, are we just going to stay the course and and hire the the next guy up and Jim Leonard and and maybe Jim Leonard brings some nuances and some differences of thought into the mix and maybe we go after a little bit of a different style of quarterback, but um, Wisconsin's going to be Wisconsin still. Nope, Chris McIntosh, the second year athletic director decides, I don't like the direction of this program having gone from playing for Big Ten championship games and titles to hanging on to bowl eligibility. Basically, Rutgers and Maryland and Wisconsin are on the same level at this point. That's unacceptable for a program that's about to pour $300 million into athletic facilities. That is unacceptable for a program that has the, pre- the pedigree it has over the last 30 years. It's unacceptable for a program that has gone to three Big Ten championship games, has won multiples of them in the last decade plus. And Chris McIntosh says, you know, Jim Leonard is a native son. Jim Leonard is, he's gotten the guys to play a little bit harder and play with some gusto, but they're still doing the same crap that they were doing eight, nine, ten weeks ago. It's time for some fresh thoughts, some fresh outlooks, and goes and swings for the fences. Let's be real about this, folks. The Wisconsin Badgers, who never play in this pool, never go after the big names. Maybe they'll go after a mid-level coach and, and the guy that might be up and coming, like a Gary Anderson, who proved to be an utter disaster, not just at Wisconsin, but afterwards. They'll go after that type of a coach, but they're not going to go and swing for the names that maybe big, big-time college programs are after. You know, the, the names at like Oklahoma or Texas or USC or Notre Dame. They don't do that. But they did this time. And my little birdies also told me about some of the really interesting things that Chris McIntosh did in this search. Number one, he changed the tail numbers on the planes so that when he was meeting with specific coaching candidates, that the the people who would be watching that, and believe me, there are people who do watch this, who understand and know where the athletic department charters planes are and and what their tail numbers are and this, that, and the other thing. He went and changed those tail numbers up. Not on the manifestos, but on the planes. 
he went ahead and back channeled things in a way that were that was very very different to the point where Chris McIntosh met with Luke Fickle two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, folks. Chris McIntosh met with Luke Fickle two weeks ago, and we just heard about it yesterday. That's how you do that search. Luke Fickle's name did not leak at any point in time over the last two weeks from anybody And believe you me, my little birdies, my sources, my people that I still talk to have been trying for months to find that information as to where the search is going, what's going down, to the point where the people who have been telling us all along that Jim Leonard was going to be the heir apparent, Jim Leonard, Jim Leonard, Jim Leonard, actually had no clue. They literally had no inside information, none. It was just an educated guess. And here we are, Monday, November 28th, Year of Our Lord 2022, and the biggest name who turned down Notre Dame, who said no thank you to USC, to Texas, to other jobs that have opened up that are on a elite level, if you will, brand names in college football. He said no. Today, he is the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. That is earth-shattering college football news, folks. I'm excited for it. I feel bad for Jim Leonard because of all of the things that he sacrificed and he did for this program. But I also commend Chris McIntosh for doing this, taking the emotion, taking the sentimentality of the whole situation with Jim Leonard out of the equation and asking the critical question, what is needed for this program to go from okay to elite? And a lot of fans have been clamoring for that. And I, I could tell you, if you talk to my in-laws, we I was with them when we were watching the Ohio State beatdown. And I voiced very loudly my frustration over this kind of stuff happening time and time And time again, where we get punched in the mouth by a program like this, they punch us in the mouth once, they punch us in the mouth twice, and we don't do anything about it. We don't understand that playing three yards in a cloud of dust isn't going to work when they're ripping 50, 60 yard touchdown runs off of us, or that they're going down the field in four plays and it's now 14 nothing and we're 10 minutes into the game. So I talk about all of those things. And my frustration has been that nothing is changing. Nothing changed. Something is changing, and it's changing in a dramatic way. There's going to be so much to to talk about and so much to discuss when it comes to the X's and O's, when it comes to all this. But let's be clear on this. This is a sea change. This is a program shifting, a definitive stamp on a program by an athletic director that says the past is the past the future is the future i understand the past we can honor the past but we're moving forward that's what this is and it is very rare to see a program the level of wisconsin has had over the last 30 plus years 
because they're the sixth most winning program in the BCS era. The sixth. The other five are all of your brand names. They're your Oklahomas, your Alabamas, your Clemsons, your Oregons, your USC's of the world. And Wisconsin, your Ohio State's, all of those types of programs. And Wisconsin. Folks, all I'm saying is that this is an exciting time to be a Badger fan. It's an exciting time for college football because the Badgers are swinging for the fences. And it's no longer just Ohio State, Michigan, maybe Penn State mixed in there. It is now four. And more importantly, I'm here talking about this and not Nebraska hiring Matt Rule. They swung for the fences too. And arguably what would have been the best hire of this coaching carousel until Wisconsin gets Luke Fickle because Luke Fickle gets the culture at Wisconsin and Luke Fickle also is going to be able to transform the internal culture of that program. Because what we also saw, and, and this is going to talk, this speak to our society a little bit more. This is more about our society than college football. But one of the things that we have seen over the last 24 hours is, is yes, raw emotion, and I understand that because it's hard to play for somebody or get behind somebody, whatever that leader is and whatever um, job that is, right? If that's the CEO and you're going to follow that CEO off the cliff and you, you're right there and that CEO does lead you off the cliff and is no longer there, what happens? Or that manager or that coworker that is a leader just by definition of leadership. Um, so I get the raw emotion. I understand it. But what we've heard a lot of from these players is a, a whole lot of how dare you? And a whole lot of why were we not consulted? And a whole lot of why are you not listening to us? And I hate the term inmates running the asylum. I, I really do because that's not. First of all, you're conflating two things. Inmates are in prison, not in an asylum. Okay. But more importantly, why I hate that term is because it doesn't describe what's going on. These are spoiled brats who believe that they have the right to tell the CEO, basically, number one, how to do their job, and number two, whom their boss should or shouldn't be. There's a structure, there's a hierarchy, there is a, a formula in place. Does that mean that they don't listen? Does that mean that a good leader wouldn't listen to their concerns and weigh them in that decision? No. It means that a good leader does those things, but a good leader also takes those as a, an advisement, not a end-all, be-all. Who in the hell are you, Nick Herbig? Who in the hell are you, some of the former players in this program? Who are you to demand anything of Chris McIntosh when this search comes into play? 
first of all, and I said this to my wife, this would be akin to the employees demanding that they pick the CEO and, and you know, tell the board of directors to get bent. Um, no, that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. See Twitter. But this is endemic of our society today. It's not about, you know, the, the players' um, raw emotions. It is literally them saying to Chris McIntosh, hire who I want or bye-bye. Well, then fine, go. That's fine if that's that's the way that you want to react. I get the raw emotion of this, but do they honestly believe that Chris McIntosh does not have their best interest and the best interest of making this program elite? In in his head, does he not have that? Is that not his 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 interest for you? If you truly believe that he doesn't have your best interest and that oh your preferred candidate didn't get the job. Here's a newsflash. Throughout life, you're going to run into people that you don't like that might be ahead of you or, more importantly, um, made decisions that you didn't like. And they turn out to be really good for you, for the program, for the company, for whomever. This is an important life lesson to learn. It's the same thing with the Twitter employees, and, and we've seen this at other companies. Demanding this and demanding that and demand, 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 demand. Who in the hell are you? It's just that simple. But I am super excited to see where he's going to take this program on the field, off the field, in the recruiting world. Um, it's going to be fantabulously exciting times to be a Badger. And enough about college football. I think hopefully you got some life lessons and you got some inside information. I know that's a lot of college football for you. Now, obviously, we would be playing the B or not the B right now. However, Pat's not here, so we're not going to do that. Um, we're going to go from talking about our wonderful, fine Wisconsin Badgers and college football to something a little more on the serious side of things. And um, we got to talk about what's going on in China because I'm going to save the the marketing to suicide talk in a, for a little bit here because I, I need a palate cleanser. And this isn't really a palate cleanser. This is part exciting and part interessante, shall we say. Um, but uh, over the weekend, um, and really over the last couple of weeks, we've seen some massive lockdowns in, in different areas within China. And we're talking about brutal lockdowns. People not allowed outside of their homes and this and that and, and all sorts of craziness going on there. So I, I want to play a video here because this video is of a BBC journalist just attempting to cover what is going down with the clash between the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, the local police and... Um, the people of China who have had enough of lockdowns. So if you weren't paying attention and you're not watching on the Rumble channel, 
Um, if you're listening via podcast, great. I would hit pause, maybe go back and find it on the uh, Rumble channel. By the way, that's rumble.com backslash critical thinking. You can follow me on the socials at the Coppin Show as well. Um, criticalthinking.locals.com, all of that wonderful goodness. Now, what you just witnessed was a BBC journalist getting savagely beaten with all of his accreditation. They know exactly who he is, what he's doing there, what's going on, beating the holy hell out of him, arresting him for covering the protests that are happening all over China right now. On Sunday, we get the reports that uh, the protesters in China, in Beijing, have almost taken to Tiananmen Square. One of the most symbolic parts of the of the 80s, right? The, the protesting and the things that happened. And, and we know um, some of the imagery from that and uh, the brutal response of the Chinese Communist Party to that protestation. These people are done with the COVID lockdowns. They're done with Xi Jinping. They're done with the Chinese Communist Party by and large. Now, you could have millions of people in protestation in a city. And it'd still only be like 15, 20% of the population in some of these places because it's absolutely, utterly, densely populated. Having said that, though, China, the Chinese people are willing to stand up and say enough of your lockdowns, enough of your lies, enough of your abuses of us. We're done with it. It is time for us to be able to live life and move forward. The Chinese people who have been under the the thumb of the Chinese Communist Party for over 50 years, 60, 70 years now, from Mao to Xi Jinping, they're willing to stand up and say, F you. Here at home, this weekend, of course, because as we see um, our Lord, Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, the science trademark, the truth registered trademark, Lord, Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci, got to get that right. <laughs> Go on national television, um, I believe it was either Face the Nation or CBS or whatever, I, I just, goes on a Sunday show, and they ask him a very important and, and good question, actually. Now listen to his response about China. The Washington Post editorial board had an interesting piece on this recently. I don't know if you yeah, read it, yeah. but about the secrecy regarding the origins. And it says the world owes those who died six million people, but probably twice that or more to be better prepared in the future. The cover up is immense. And still in place, China should now agree to a full and thorough scientific investigation that returns to Wuhan. Do you agree with that word, cover up and intentional? I don't know what that distortion? means. No, I, I, it isn't that I agree or disagree. I'm not sure what they're talking about. I mean, if cover up is not allowing people to come in and look at all the data, that's not a cover up. That's not being transparent. To me, well, a cover like the up animals is, being killed no, no, before no. anyone could well, go into the market to investigate. Again, that. I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to. Uh, it's going to be taken no, no. out of context by others for sure. But okay. that's my life. <laughs> Welcome to it. <laughs> it's it, cover up means, you know, something and you're hiding it. Mm -hmm. Not being transparent and allowing things to open is a little bit of a different. 
I will say this. He is right about the definition of cover-up and transparency, but here's the problem with this. It's not that they're not being transparent. It is that they have been manipulating data. It is that they have been misreporting the number of dead. It is that they have been covering up because they covered up at the very beginning the science registered tra or trademark, um, the truth registered trademark. Lord, Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci. They have been engaged in a broad cover-up. They have not allowed people to be able to understand and open up all of the books and all of their medical records and all of these things. They have been putting people off the trail of this or that, or more importantly, the understanding of when they knew that this was an issue. They have been covering up whom was working on what in that lab in Wuhan and when and how. They have been covering up for lots of things over the course of COVID-19. Couple that with their lack of data transparency, and you have to wonder what the hell is going on and why would they hide any of this? Given the sinister nature of the Chinese Communist Party, the science trademark, the truth registered trademark, President, Lord, Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci, let me ask you a question. If they're interested in helping the world, why are these things not open? If they're interested in the truth, why are these things not open? These are vital questions that you have failed to ask on a world stage because you've got the world stage. These are things that you have failed to be inquisitive about, and yet at every step along the way, you have found a way to back China up. Along every step along the way, you have found a way to cover their ass. You have found a way to poo-poo, whether this was a lab leak or naturally occurring and, and how this could have spread naturally versus whatever. You haven't been transparent. So when we get to the levels of transparency needed to not form some sort of a cover-up cover conspiracy theory, it happens because of a lack of transparency. It also happens because China, if some of the truth was known, that they likely knew about this for months ahead of time, and that they did nothing to warn the world and thus take some mitigating efforts around the world, by the time everybody got hip to the game, it was way too late. So what did China gain and what would China lose by covering this information up, by not allowing all the data to be known, by, by um, not allowing access to the alleged animals from the wet market in Wuhan, China? 
How are all these things <clears throat> happening just coincidentally? I hate conspiracy theories. I really do. But I want to critically think through these things. In fact, I want people to understand where critical thinking and my concept of it comes from. Because it actually comes from the Bible. It actually comes from this. It is the glory of God to conceal things. But the glory of kings is to search things out. God has concealed things. God has given us mystery and wonderment of the world. It is our job to critically think, to seek, search things out, to understand, to, to better perfect our relationships with God, to better understand the mystery that is God's creation. It is absolutely our job to do that. And that's why critical thinking is important, and that's why understanding how an entire party of people in one nation can be so callous about what is going on and can conceal so much given what it has done to the entire world. I sit here and I wonder the science trademark, the truth registered trademark, Lord, Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci, what do you have to gain by, yes, covering, not covering up, but covering for China around every corner? It, it, it's just, you know, it, it's kind of like when we look at Arizona and we look at other election situations just all of them happen to just go one direction there's never this weird random upset on the republican side of things it's always the other direction i'm not saying i'm just saying it's kind of like that how hard is it to put your pressure on china to be open transparent and honest and thus all of us can see the information and choose for ourselves what's true, what's false, what can be consensus on the, the science, quote-unquote. Why? Why are you concealing this? I, I, I just, I fail to understand how the Chinese people can understand what is going on and... I, I look at this in the comparison of, of the the woke um, journalist crowd covering the World Cup and and posting to Twitter about their detainment as if they were under arrest. No, you weren't. You were just not allowed entrance. There's a difference. You were not allowed entrance because of your protest shirt about LGBTQ issues. No. There's a difference between what you are going to be giving up did you put your job on the line for that? Ah, oh, hell no. Did you say shove off to any of the journalistic outlets who told you your assignment is to go to uh, Qatar and, and cover this over your your great moral high ground of LGBTQ plus LMNOP alphabet soup issues? 
Nope, you shut up and wrote. You shut up and wrote, and you stayed behind your computer screen as if, and then wrote your, your hit pieces and wrote your still covering the World Cup pieces while people in the Iranian national team decided to take a stand, a real stand. Germany, ooh, we covered our mouth in protestation of, uh, of FIFA. Iran, the players and the coaches decided to shut up during the Iranian national anthem, knowing full well what is going to likely happen and could happen to themselves and their families. Likely, they never see their families again. Likely, they never, ever could step foot in Iran again. Likely, they're never going to be able to not look over their shoulders for fear of retribution for their actual protest. Do you think that the, the journos of today, the Anthony Fauci's, are worried about consequences? The only person who has been, well, I shouldn't say the only person. There have been only three people that have been really dogged on this. That's Rand Paul, Mike Lee, Chip Roy. Well, there's four. Chip Roy and um, Ron Johnson, the senator out of Wisconsin. That's it. You think there are any real consequences? He's, he's going to go on and collect a million-plus-dollar pension, right? $400,000 a year. He became Fauci, became one of the richest men in the history of the government. The highest paid government employee is Anthony freaking Fauci, right? He's made multi-millions of dollars over the last two plus years. As a government employee? Ha, what? You think he's scared of the consequences? No. The people of China rise up. The people of Iran rise up with real consequences behind that. Death. Concentration camps. Oh, excuse me. Um, Re-education camps. Beatings. Family disappearing. You have no idea what they're willing to give up, and they're here protesting this. Meanwhile, here in America, Anthony Fauci has been also in that same interview suggesting that, well, maybe schools need to close down a little bit this winter. And oh, by the way, maybe we need to consider masking back up. And oh, by the way, um, get your sixth or seventh booster shot. Mean, meanwhile, the, the proof of efficacy against this uh, petering out variant um, shows that it's got maybe a couple of weeks at best to give you some sort of boosted immunity? Are we really putting mRNA vaccination after mRNA after mRNA after mRNA after mRNA vaccine in our, into our bodies without understanding the effects of that? The multitude? We're not... I, I hope people understand this. We're not willing to stand up to that, yet China is. at great risk of personal, professional, economic risk to themselves, their families. 
We're not even willing to say, get the hell off of my TV screen. Shut up. We're not even willing to say, yeah, no, we're you don't get a pension anymore. We're not even willing to say, no, no, no. Tribunals for you and your ilk. Meanwhile, for the what, 57th time, I think, in the pandemic, we have our governor here in Illinois, G.B. Pritzker, declaring a state of emergency. Gavin Newsom, keeping that in place until February of 2023. Oh, and the um, administration in Washington, D.C. doing the same. Anybody saying anything, doing anything? No. Now, I would suggest just defying them and defying whatever bullcrap order they're going to put together is a great example of protestation. But ask yourself, what price are you willing to pay? Because these people are willing to pay the ultimate price to tell China and its own government, go to hell. You don't get to lock us down anymore. We want our freedom. That's about as bold as it gets. Now, speaking of bold here, folks, um, I, I want to talk about a topic that's going to be a little depressing in multiple ways. Um. But I'm just going to play this for you. This is an ad from a Canadian clothing company called Simons. Or at least a clothing retailer. I don't know if it's a company that does their own clothing. But it's called, it's called Simons. This retailer has decided this is their new marketing niche. Last breaths are sacred. When I imagine my final days, I see bubbles. I see the ocean. I see music. Even now, as I seek help to end my life, there is still so much beauty. You just have to be brave enough to see it. So if you, again, were not watching, um, at the end, all is beauty. And then they go on to talk about the, the life of this individual in this, uh, in this marketing campaign. But not the life of the individual, the dying days of the individual. Because this individual named Jennifer decided that as of uh, October, so last month, they were going to suicide themselves. Yes, that's right. Euthanized. In Canada. And there are some states here in America that will allow this, but broadly speaking, Canada is probably the most liberal when it comes to suiciding yourself. So yeah, this is the death cult that we live in, folks, where a clothing retailer decides that their bold, brave, new marketing strategy that, you know what's going to get people into the, into the doors of Simon's? You know what's going to happen here? I have an idea. Let's go ahead and market to people who want to kill themselves. Bold marketing strategy, because I'm pretty sure the people you're marketing to there have a, <clears throat> how shall we say this, limited time frame to be a customer of yours. 
And then more importantly, who are you actually marketing to? Who in the hell is going to, oh, you know what, Simons? Got an idea. Um, let's let's target the the family and friends of the person who suicided themselves. Oh, and by the way, did you know that in Canada, if you're under the age of 18 starting next year, you're going to be able to, as a <clears throat> quote-unquote mature minor, basically a child under 18 who meets the same requirements as the adults under the suicide rules, the, yep, they, they can kill themselves without any familial uh, permission. Also, starting next year, um, Canada is going to allow people to kill themselves exclusively for mental health reasons. That's right. If you're depressed, if, if you are trans, if this or that or whatever, that is now a, a legal reason for you to go ahead and off yourself. The AP has told us a story about how a individual killed themselves vis-a-vis -vis depression, but because they had, quote-unquote, irreversible hearing loss. People are basically allowed to kill themselves because they have a disability, whatever that disability would be, in Canada. Because life is going to be a little bit harder. Now, this is kind of where my, and I think a lot of people on the libertarian side really struggle with this concept. Because what about autonomy? But also what about life? And I think where I come down on this is I look at this from my religious perspective, and that informs where I believe life begins and ends. The beginning and ending of our life is not supposed to be for us to decide, per se, right? I had no say of when my parents decided to consummate and, you know, conceive me, right? I had no say in that. God did. Our Lord and Savior did. Okay. If I am somebody who is pro-life, right, as I am, being pro-life is not just because of somebody wanting to be born in the miracle of life. It's because life is valuable. It's because life is consequential, whether that individual themselves believes it to be true or not. Because the only person that matters when it comes to life being consequential is God. God tells us that all life is consequential. All. It's not, well, if you're disabled, tsk, tsk. And I've long talked about my, ban, my personal ban on going to Iceland. And I get really mad at, at friends. I, I really do. I get mad at friends who are like, oh, but it's such a beautiful. I don't give a flying flip about it being a beautiful country with these great springs and all this other shit. Would you go to a country in which people who might look like you or 
who might have a disability that you have or don't have? What about if if they decided to kill people with blonde hair because those are undesirable to their society? Would you advocate and support going to that country? Oh, hell no. Nor would I. But do you understand how they're dealing with um, people who have Down syndrome? They don't exist. They celebrated it. They don't exist. How the hell did that happen in Iceland? Uh, oh, it's because they're killing them in the womb. They're euthanizing them in the womb. They don't ever have an opportunity at, at life because their life is less consequential and important. Their life doesn't matter because it's different, because it's going to be difficult. In Canada, people are allowed because of their financial status to kill themselves if they're disabled. From the Associated Press, some disabled Canadians have decided to be killed in the face of mounting bills. Before being euthanized in August of 2019 at the age of 41, Sean Taggart struggled to get the 24-hour-a-day care that he needed. The government provided Taggart, who had Lou Gehrig's disease, or ALS, with 16 hours of daily care at his home in Powell River, British Columbia. He spent about $264 Canadian dollars a day to pay coverage during the other eight hours. So about $206 in American money. Health authorities proposed that Taggart move to an institution, but he refused, saying that he would be too far from his young son. He called the suggestion a death sentence in an interview with the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. Before his death, Taggart had raised more than uh, $12,400 American dollars to buy specialized medical equipment that he needed to live at home with caretakers, but it still was not enough. I know I'm asking for change, Taggart wrote in a Facebook post before his death. I just didn't realize that it was unacceptable to do it. Now, no no province or territory provides a disability benefit income above the poverty line. And in some regions, it is as low as about 662 American dollars a month, less than half the amount the government provided to people unable to work during the COVID-19 pandemic. By the way, I have I have my druthers with all of that, but um, neither here nor there. Heidi Jans, an assistant adjunct professor in disability ethics at the University of Alberta, said, quote, a person with disabilities in Canada has to jump through so many hoops to get support that it can often be enough to tip the scales and lead them to euthanasia. Duclos, a national health minister, uh, the national health minister, told the Associated Press that he could not comment on specific cases, but said all jurisdictions have a broad range of policies to support disabled people. But he did acknowledge, quote, disparities in access to services and supports across the country. Other disabled people, according to the AP article, say the easy availability of euthanasia has led to unsettling and sometimes frightening discussions. Roger Foley, who has a degenerative brain disorder and is hospitalized in London, Ontario, was so alarmed by staffers mentioning euthanasia, he began to secretly record them. Um, and in one recording obtained by the AP, the hospital's director of ethics told Foley that for him to remain in the hospital it would cost north of $1,500 a day. Foley replied that mentioning fees felt like coercion and asked what plan there was for his long-term care. Quote, Roger, this is not my show, the ethicist responded. My piece of this was to talk to you to see if you had an interest in assisted dying. I bring, these, I bring that up to you 
to hopefully frame this, to make you understand they in Canada are reducing your life to dollars and cents. They are reducing your humanity to whether or not you are disabled or not, whether you have difficulties in life or not. I just So on one hand, here we have a company. This is the death cult, people. This is what I hope you understand. A death cult believes that the humanity and the importance of life, it can be broken down to your contribution to society or your drain on society. Or are you normal? And by the way, do you subscribe to whatever woke ideology of the day, day exists? This isn't new. We have long talked about the the cult of experts that got us to um, to euthanasia and to um, eugenicists and eugenicism in the early 1900s. I, I just... We ha and and then on the other side of this, right? So we got all these problems about how we reduce. Is it any wonder, as I'm critically thinking through this in the moment, is it any wonder that Simons decides that this is a marketing campaign worth doing? My suggestion to all the Canadians out there: don't shop at Simons. Just that simple. This is this is just gross. We've reduced somebody's humanity. Oh, my my last days. I'm planning out my last. We should never, ever. There's a difference between, hey, I I have an I have a directive that if for some reason I go into cardiac arrest or I I'm about to to die, do not resuscitate. There's a difference in obeying that wish, right? There's a difference in saying, hey, guys, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go. I don't want any extra help in, in, in prolonging life. There's a difference in that because it's not up to you still. It's up to the creator. There's a lot of differences out there. There's a difference between that and saying, I can't wait to kill myself. And then, by the way, the government making sure that you get that ability and can do it for whatever freaking reason, financial, emotional, medical, whatever. This is the society that believes they are God. This is the death cult that we live in. The death cult that is now marketing to people who want to commit suicide. And Telling the story of somebody who wants to kill themselves as if that's not a mortal sin. Because I'm damn sure the good book tells us all hell no. One person brings us in, one person takes us out. And as I look at this from a libertarian perspective, what about autonomy? We don't have autonomy when it comes to life and death. We have autonomy over our life, 
We do not have autonomy over our death, nor should we. Being pro-life means this shit should be stopped. And shame on Simons for attempting to profit off of people wanting to kill themselves. You're sick. Go to hell. With that, though, folks, please be smart, be safe, be kind, make sure you eat all your meals, and as always, Matthew 547. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.